Good morning and welcome. Good to see you all this morning on this great Easter day. And I should start by saying, the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Amen. And isn't it great that we, you and I, can get together like this or meet each other anywhere and say to each other, the Lord is risen. When I think back of the... Uh, disciples and followers of Jesus after Jesus had gone to heaven, openly saying things like, the Lord is risen, and the answer, he is risen indeed, would have been a difficult thing for them to do at times. We have freedoms here that they would not have had. So indeed, the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Amen. Uh, just to mention that this morning, because of the program, the uh, children who usually go to uh, uh, the uh, junior church uh, when we dismiss and let you go down after the singing, that won't happen this morning. We want you to be here to take part of this this morning. I want to mention before we go on too that this evening... Gary Kingsley will be bringing the message. But uh, last uh, Thursday evening, we were, it was mentioned that the Andrew and Cheryl Wilson family were on their way to the mission homes, the blessing homes, they call it, in, in New Brunswick. They did indeed leave last Thursday evening. Twice they left. Uh, 11.30 p.m. they had packed put the chains on the van to go down the driveway. And uh, they got uh, about 40 minutes in their drive and realized that the back door, somebody stopped them, the back door of the trailer had opened and things had been falling out. I'll have uh, the uh, details of that and I'll put it on the back there to read about their adventure. However, they arrived in Quebec Friday morning uh, and there they are, a happy campers, you can see. Uh, they had worried about purchasing food on their way because they had left late, that is, which would include Good Friday in their travels. Uh, where do you buy food? However, they discovered that Quebec is the only of the province, the only one that doesn't close down on Good Friday. So they were able <laughs> to buy the food that they needed. Uh, they arrived at their New Brunswick home early Saturday morning with the welcoming snow, just like home. <laughs> I know I'd talked to the, the children about that. Well, it's most likely just like here, they said, and you know what? <laughs> it does look just like here as well. So we pray for them that they're, you know, to have a, a large family. We miss having them here, but uh, they've got a work to do, and that's what they want to do. They'll be away for uh, perhaps close to a couple of months, but uh, we pray for them. I'd like you to turn to your hymn books to number 377. The title there, He Lives, a familiar hymn to you. We'll sing it together. Now, what will happen during our program, 
Every now and then, I'll be calling up on you to stand with us to sing a hymn. But this hymn, because he lives, we'll sing it through, and uh, we'll sing together. When you get to the end of the hymn, the last chorus of that hymn that says, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. And then we will continue, and you'll have to do it from memory, singing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living, just because he lives. And then we repeat, yes, Life is worth the living just because Christ lives. So that's hymn number, uh, what did I say? 377 in your hymn book. And would you stand with us please as we sing.
seated, please. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, again, we pause to give thanks for our Lord and Savior. Oh, thank you, Lord, that we can gather together today, a day of remembrance, where when we remember that Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins, and yet death could not hold him. He rose again, and because he is risen, we too can rise again someday. Oh, Lord, help us, we pray, to get a greater understanding as we pause today to remember. Lord, we pray for each one bowed in your presence, for you know the needs of each heart, the secrets of each heart. And Lord, how we pray that you would give strength for each one, for comfort, for encouragement, for oh, how we need encouraging, Lord, in this world. Lord, we pray for family members and friends that you would watch over them. Have your loving arms around them, especially we think of some not well, some in hospitals, some have gone to seniors' homes. O Lord, in their loneliness at times, may they know the presence of a God who loves them, who would never leave them nor forsake them. Again, O Lord, we pray for Christians throughout our world, some going through very difficult times, and we pray for them. May they know your presence and strength that only you can give. Again, O Lord, we ask that you would speak to us today through your word. Help us, we pray, to learn more of you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to start by going back a little bit to the Old Testament and read a few verses there and to the New Testament as well. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, we read, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. You'll remember that was after he had caused Adam and Eve to fall. Then in verse 15, God says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Then in Matthew 1, verses 21 and 23, uh, 2.23, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
And then John 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God chose to reveal His glory in lowliness. It's the mystery of Christmas. A mystery we often miss because we are too busy to stop and ponder it. But it is one we can find time to consider as we think about Easter, even together this morning. God was made flesh. God in all His glory. The Son of God Himself became a human being. He left the glory of heaven so He could become our Savior. Jesus' purpose for coming to earth was to do his Father's will. The promise we read in Genesis 3, verses 14 and 15. And in Hebrews 10, verse 9, it tells us 
That, said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. The amazing thing is that the Lord Jesus accomplished his mission. In John 17, verse 4, we hear the Lord Jesus praying, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do.
As he prepared to go to the cross, Jesus spent some intimate moments with his Father. He prayed. He prayed so his disciples could hear and remember what he said in his prayer, saying, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. His mission was accomplished. But much suffering lay ahead for our Savior. The trial before Pilate, the mocking, the scourging, and the sentence of death. The cross lay ahead of him. However, the Lord Jesus describes his mission as being accomplished. Of this same Jesus, the Bible says in Titus Chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. All that Jesus did, he did so that we would behold the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, he says in John 14, verse 9. Romans 3, verse 25 states that whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, that is, to appease God's anger, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, God presented Christ Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement, that is, reconciliation between God and man, through faith in his blood. On the cross, Jesus shed his blood. God's promises were fulfilled. Promises he had made to his people down through history. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11, it reminds us there of the importance of the blood, saying, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar, to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. I'd ask you now to turn in your hymn books, please. 171 is the hymn number. And I'd like you to join us as we sing together, Blessed be the fountain of blood. And would you stand with us again.
all of those blood animal sacrifices pointed to the Savior who would come. Then, on a day that stands at the center of all human, humanity or human history, God the Father offered one final perfect lamb for your sin and mine, his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. John writes about it in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. At the Cross of Jesus by Annie Johnson Flint There is love at the cross of Jesus, an everlasting love that could leave the courts of heaven and the glory of God above, that could come to a world of evil for the sake of sinners lost, that could drain the cup of anguish and never count the cost. There is light at the cross of Jesus, though dark is the world around. It was here he opened heaven, and the way to God was found. It was there the tempest gathered and broke on his thorn-crowned head, when he bore our stripes and sorrows and suffered in our stead. There is peace at the cross of Jesus, where God was reconciled, where we know our sins forgiven and hear him say, My child, where he bore the world's transgressions and all our debt was paid, where the weight of the Father's anger on his tender heart was laid. There is life at the cross of Jesus, where the victory was won, where sin and death were conquered by the sinless, deathless one. O grave, where is thy triumph? O death, where is thy sting? For the Lord of life and glory passed through thy gates a king. I would ask you again to turn to your hymn book. Hymn number 372, 372. And we will stand together and sing... Free from the law, O happy condition.
the Lord Jesus Christ was cursed so that we might be blessed. Cursed. The Lord Jesus, who was without sin, willingly took our sins. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us, or bought us back. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Isaac Watts' hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, helps us to see that. At the cross, words like love and sorrow meet. Thorns compose a priceless crown, and our richest gains become losses by comparison. Love, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. That is a hymn in our hymn book, and it's hymn number 130 if you wish to just follow along, but we're going to just listen as Charlene plays this wonderful hymn.
Matthew 27, verses 11 through 26. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him, not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas? or Jesus, who is called Christ. For he knew that they handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas, and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Pilate's question, perhaps, is your question. What will I do with this man, Jesus? You have two choices. You can reject him, as many have done, or you can accept him. You can listen to his voice and follow him.
we're going to read now from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 43. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, where there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Scripture tells us that there were three crosses on Calvary's hill that dreadful day. The Lord Jesus on the center cross and two other on either side. Each endured death on a cross. However, as they hung there, each one looked at life and death so differently. One man hung on a cross of rejection. He mocked the Lord Jesus, as we heard. What is one to make of a Savior who cannot save himself? One man hung on a cross of repentance. This man mocked at first, but then admitted his own guilt. He saw in Jesus a power that the other had missed. He could offer nothing. He simply reached out to Jesus and requested, Jesus, remember me, when you come into your kingdom. In between the two thieves is one on a cross of redemption. Jesus hangs on that cruel cross, suffering for sinners, not for his own, for he had no sin, but in payment for our sins. There, he is reaching out in love to all who will believe him, believe in him, receive him, as Lord and Savior. And to the one who called out to him, 
Jesus says, Today, today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. No matter what your past is all about, no matter how hopeless your future looks, from the cross of Jesus Christ flows endless power to forgive. Galatians 3 verse 13 reminds us that the Lord Jesus took away the curse the law put on us. He changed places with us and put himself under that curse, dying, dying to pay for our sins. Chapter 15, verses 33 to 39. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, 
Lama Sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice, and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Chapter 23, verse 46, we read that Jesus cried with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Or in another translation, we read, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. It's said that it was a common thing for every Jewish mother to teach her children the words from Psalm 31 to pray at the end of the day when they went to bed. Into your hands I commit my spirit. We read in verse 5 of that psalm. Can we suppose that the faithful Jews continued praying this into adulthood as they waited for the new morning? The end of the day was approaching. Darkness had fallen. From the cross, Jesus offers this childlike prayer, but he added one word to it. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. An expression of love and trust from the heart of the Son of God to the heart 
of God the Father. The battle is done. He concludes his life and his mission with this prayer. Resurrection, Matthew 28, verses 2 to 10. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring the disciples his word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met him, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. 
Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. The angel rolled the stone away. Why? Was it for Jesus to exit the tomb? Was the one who conquered death too weak to roll the stone away? The answer is, of course not. The angel answers saying, come and see the place where his body lay. It was for the women that the stone was rolled away, not so Jesus could come out. It was so the women could look in, so you and I could look in. Proof again from the angel who says, Go quickly and tell his disciples, Jesus has risen from the dead. He is going into Galilee ahead of you, and you will see him there. We read in First Peter chapter 1, verse 21, God raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Turn with me, please, to hymn number 176. As we sing together, up from the grave he arose. And stand with us, please.
If the Christ who died had stopped at the cross, his work had been incomplete. If the Christ who was buried had stayed in the tomb, he had only known defeat. But the way of the cross never stops at the cross, and the way of the tomb leads on to victorious grace in the heavenly place where the risen Lord has gone. Turn again to your hymn books, please. This time, at the end of the book, you'll see page numbers after the readings and so on. Page number 812. And we can sing together, Victory in Jesus. Would you stand, please?
have been very patient. Thank you for that. This ends our Easter message for this morning. Once again, I'd like to thank you for being here to celebrate this Easter together. The remembrance of our Lord's Resurrection Day. I'd also like to thank the people on the platform here who made this morning possible. I thank the Lord for your willingness to participate. But in preparing this Easter message, I realized that it is a message that you have heard many times before. However, I was struck with Pilate's question to the crowd, what will you do with Jesus, which is called Christ? The crowd had to make a decision. And their answer, crucify him. That same question is asked this morning to each one of us. What will you do with Jesus, which is called Christ? It is one that we have to answer personally, individually. So what is your answer to that question? We sang the song that said, What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? Since none of us is promised tomorrow, how very important it is that you, like the thief on the cross, reach out to Jesus. Today, the Lord Jesus is giving you the opportunity to confess that you need him as Lord and Savior he will save you. He will forgive your sins and welcome you as his child. And you, like many here this morning, will be able to say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because Christ lives. May this Easter day, April 9th, 2023, be your day of salvation and your day of encouragement. And if you do, let us know. We will rejoice with you. Lord, part us now, we pray, with your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.